With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Third hour of Sharp Money here on VSIN, the sports betting network, live from the D Las Vegas. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Amal Shaw, Dustin Swedelson are here, of course, and we welcome in Mike Samich, host of The Handle here on the network. That's at 4 p.m. Pacific time on the weekends. Mike, good to talk to you. Ooh, look at that. You got a VSIN pop up as well. Uh, really part of the family. All right. Let's talk first off a couple of things. Uh, Dustin and I were having a really nuanced conversation about this in the second hour uh, while Amal was trying to be a professional. <laughs> Best filling on a donut, Mike Samich, would be what? Oh, that's easy. No filling. The, the, the donut fillings are terrible. You just go with the regular glaze. Maybe you get a little chocolate frosting on there, but you can't have fillings in donuts. It's just it's not good. Well, this is a good spot. Mike, we'll talk to you next Friday. Uh, thanks a lot. We appreciate <laughs> it. <No. laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk. Uh, I'm going to throw this out, Mike. Maybe you'll like this or not. I know the plays that you like here in the National Football League. Does it give you confidence or does it shake your confidence that John Von Model is lock and step with two of the three plays that you have? I mean, you went, what, 12 and four? The yeah. model did last week? It did, four yes. and one in the contest? Yeah, yeah so I mean, it, got, it has to give me confidence at this point. Although, I guess we could say your model is in, uh, is it should expect some regression this week. So yes. maybe it's not such a good thing. Uh, yes, it should expect some regression. That's absolutely ridiculous what happened the first week and some of the edges it has. So let's talk about some of the games you got. First off, uh, the one of the ones that they are locking step with, uh, Bengals, minus three against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, what's the breakdown here laying the points with Cincy? Uh, this to me is just a spot where the injuries you have to take into account. I, I wrote an article yesterday for the site about in-game betting and the two areas where I specifically focus on an in-game betting are when you have offensive line injuries and secondary injuries. And Baltimore has both of those. They're out two starters on the offensive line, two starters in the secondary. That's going to hinder their ability to move the ball and stop this offense at the same time. On the other side of the ball here, we look about Cincinnati's first game. That was just a terrible spot against the Browns. They were always going to be bad there. We bet the Browns in that game. It was logical that defense was going to play well. You didn't have Burrow practicing much before that game. Now he gets a full week of practice heading into this game. And the weather is something I don't think is being talked about enough in that Baltimore-Cincinnati game either. Uh, I'm sorry, that Cincinnati-Browns game either. When you go, go back and you watch that film... Neither quarterback was really having success throwing the ball downfield. You had errant throws on both sides uh, from both quarterbacks. To me, you're going to see a much crisper offense out of the Bengals this week. You get a full week of Burrow practicing, and you've got a riddled Baltimore Ravens team already. If they take any more injuries, either on the offensive line or in the secondary, they're going to be in a world of hurt here. 
They're already in trouble going into the game. During the game, it could get worse for them. Once this ticked down from three and a half to three, I felt like you had to get in on the Bengals. Mike, on the Lombardi line yesterday, you gave out the Steelers plus two and a half in this one on the Monday night game against the Browns. Tell us a little bit about your reasoning on this one. Uh, We always talk about overreactions week one. To me, these two teams, the Browns and the Steelers, are two of the most overreacted teams here sitting in week two on a Monday night. The Browns, we just talked about it, looked great against Cincinnati, but they were always going to look great. And you flip over to the Steelers side. They got blasted by San Francisco, but they took a punch in the mouth early in that game, weren't really able to respond from that. I think that was more San Francisco is really good than Pittsburgh isn't very good. The look ahead here was Pittsburgh laying a point, and now we're catching two, two and a half with the Steelers. And just an overreaction. I mean, an interesting betting splits game here, too. You've got close to 80% of the bets coming in on the Browns, but we've ticked down to two today. So you can tell the books aren't willing to go to three at any point. There's going to be more Browns money on this. I think the Steelers is the right side, though. I don't think that was the true Pittsburgh Steelers that you'll see for the full season. Kenny Pickett just looked off in that game. His accuracy, specifically in ball placement, just wasn't great. I think you're going to see a lot better, more motivated effort out of the Steelers here in this spot. And I don't think the Browns are able to open up like the, like San Francisco was. Cleveland had a ton of opportunities to really open up that game against Cincinnati early, and it was 13-3 to for a very, very long time here. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to have to get past the mid-20s to win it. I think they're going to win on Monday night. All right, I want to ask you a question, expand on this really quickly. So w- when it came to the model stuff this week, Mike, one of the things that really sticks out when you look over it is a lot of the games are pretty in line with the market, but the edges are massive. And this is kind of one of those games. And, and I actually had a, a little bit of confidence in this edge that the model spit out because the, the model's got Steelers by about 4.2, 4.3 points. It, but if you look at it in line with what the look-ahead line was, as you're referencing, it's actually kind of in line. I have some confidence there. I think the market was right in making the Steelers favorite here. I would agree with the sentiment. How often are you using that the look-ahead line as a barometer for the next week and looking at whether or not these, the market is overreacting to previous results? I think it's important to look at it. I, I will generally adjust my power rankings a max of one and a half to two points for a team. So the most you should really be off that that look ahead line is four points, right? So if one team gets upgraded to another team gets downgraded to, then you could kind of justify a four point move off the look ahead to the next line. Uh, week one, I think, is more important to look at those look ahead lines because you do have so many people overreacting to a single data point. And a single data point is just not justifiable for an overreaction. You need to have a, a wealth of data four or five weeks before you can really say, yeah, this team is definitely overrated. This team is definitely underrated. You make those adjustments as you go. But to me, when you're moving lines four or five, six points, it's saying that, okay, we were completely wrong about the Steelers. We were completely wrong about the Browns. I don't think we were completely wrong about either team. I think that the Browns played well in a great spot. The Steelers played poorly in a tough spot. And so for me, I'm not making massive adjustments for either of these teams. So the number should be closer to that look ahead than what we are currently sitting at. So, Mike, in your case, well, how much time do you generally give it maybe before you decide to make what I would consider an extreme adjustment on a team? Is it going to be several weeks in or is it just sometimes? Why, let me ask you this, actually. Forget that question. Why do we have a tendency to overreact so much just based on one week, even though everybody's kind of prepared leading up to the season and know what they know going into it? Because after one week, you're either a genius or a fool. We all had opinions on these teams going into week one. And if if your team's played well, 
you're going to continue to back those. You're going to think it, it, it was a situation where you were dead on, you were correct, the market was wrong, and you're going to start upgrading these teams more than necessarily you should. And on top of it, you were probably higher on these teams going into week one. So you're going to see more variance there from what the market is. On the other side, if you hated a team and they played terribly, you're going to make that same move where you're just aggressively moving these teams. And when you just have that single data point, it really makes it hard to be able to make big moves because you need a, a wealth of data before you can accurately judge these teams. But when you come in with your priors and then you have one data point that either supports that or denies that, you're going to make larger adjustments in that single week. And, and to me, you kind of have to wait four or five weeks before you really get a good idea of a team. And so my biggest moves will come between week one and week five. Yep. But it will be the aggregate of the moves during those weeks because I will slowly downgrade or slowly upgrade teams. I would rather be a little slower to it than be way out in front of it and continually betting the same team and just running into a wall because they are not winning or they're losing because my numbers are so far off. Mike, at what point of a season would you say that you are using a vast majority of that current season's data for your ratings or, or your numbers? Between week five and week six is yeah. when I feel like you can really dial it in. And that's one of the reasons, like I wrote an article about uh, about this last week for VEASAN, teasers later in the season become so much more valuable because I think the market is so much more efficient once you get to week five and week six. So you you don't have these games where you have a team like the Steelers who don't cover that teaser line week one. They get absolutely blown out. You don't have those situations where those close games end up in 20 point games later in the season because the market is going to be more correct with more data points. And so for me, after five or six weeks, I feel like you can really dial in who these teams are. Obviously, injuries play a role in that. But once you're dialed in, it, you can get some pretty good numbers. And I feel like you can really rely on teasers later in the season as well. Uh, it was after week five or week six last year, I believe. Teasers ripped off close to an 87% win percentage, uh, long teaser legs in the later part of the season. Up until that point, they were almost only 58%. And that shows that how volatile it is early, but how consistent that market can get late. Love that statistic you just gave on the teasers there. Let's go to one more game here, the, um, the, the Giants game. We were talking about this game earlier with JBT, and I know you have a play on this one, but uh, kind of explain to people why you like the Giants in this game. This is another game where I think people watched that Dallas game and they said, well, the Giants are just atrocious. But on paper, that matchup was terrible for the Giants. They have a weaker offensive line that Dallas was able to continually pressure. They moved the ball a little bit early. They have that field goal blocked. They dropped down. They're immediately down 16 points against the, the, the Cowboys team. All of a sudden, they have to do exactly what the Cowboys want them to do, which is drop back and throw the ball. I don't think that's a very good representation of this Giants team. I think this Giants team has weapons with Waller, with Saquon Barkley. I believe that Daniel Jones is not a bad quarterback. Now you flip over, you get to play an Arizona Cardinals team that left it all on the field last week. They spent three months hearing how bad they were, how they were going to get blown out. How are they the worst team in the NFL? They played with just so much intensity in that Washington game. Now, it wasn't the best intensity. They were a little bit all over the place in a lot of different spots. But they played very, very hard. It's going to be tough for Arizona to replicate that same effort and that same level of commitment week in and week out. And this Giants team now needs to win this game. It's a huge spot for them. If they lose this, their season is essentially over. I like laying almost anything under the touchdown here. I made this close to six and a half. I think the four number is just way too cheap for a significantly better Giants team who also has a massive coaching edge in this spot as well. You can't discount how good Brian Dable is and how good he was off a loss last year as well. Mike Simons with us. Mike, are there any other games on the board that you haven't played that you were waiting for a number or were close on but couldn't pull the trigger because of a move or anything like that? 
I, I look long and hard at the Tennessee and the Chargers game here. I, I like the Chargers. I'm getting a little concerned with the injuries that we're seeing. Eckler now unlikely to play. That just came out. Like Joshua Kelly is backup. But for me, I want to fade Tennessee as much as possible early in the season. I actually played them week one because I thought the three was too much against a team that can't really score in New Orleans. But this Chargers offense can put up points. And this Tennessee offensive line is absolutely atrocious. The Chargers should be able to get consistent pressure against this Tennessee line. Tannehill looked abominable in that first game. He missed multiple wide open touchdowns, just was not able to hit anybody in the secondary. I, I felt like. It, you saw a little bit of that slowdown that we've been waiting for from Derrick Henry as well. So for me, the Chargers sitting here at two and a half is awfully tempting. I haven't pulled the trigger on it. I don't think we're going back to three with the Eckler news. So I think you're going to have time to make a decision of whether or not you want the Chargers in this spot. But you also have to kind of concern the Chargers are just going to charge her because that's what happened last <laughs> week. No one's talking about the pass interference at the end of the first half where they literally just pushed the Dolphins player 40 yards down the field, and Miami gets a field goal off that. They end up winning the game by two. That was the deciding play in the game, was a pass interference on a Hail Mary at the end of the half in that Chargers-Dolphins game. No one's, no one's mentioning that one. Mike Samich, VEASAN host. You can uh, hear him and watch him, of course, on the weekends. The handle is the show. And he's been here for like two weeks. He's already got a better headshot than me. How about that? All right, we'll take our break. We'll come back, <laughs> and we'll keep it up with Mike on the other side. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Check out the website for everything we have to offer that would include the picks at a glance page. You can easily sort through picks. You can follow hosts and guests and check out the top VSIN experts leaderboard. 
All of that and more. Introductory offer for 19 bucks. Check it out now at vcin.com slash subscribe. I will stress. I just did it. By the way, I can change it right now. I was just asked, who do we want to put on the cover of the NBA guide? Me? Oh, I would love to. Do- so my actual, my real response wanted to be like just hardcore, like bench guys that nobody would know. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious. Um, but nobody would get the joke. So I submitted Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum. Why? He, Adam Burke wants a player from each uh, conference, so I just submitted you know, two well-known guys. I would have gone with the Joker and Giannis. It's a fair one, too. Really? You love America. Wow, that's a good point as well. Yeah, but they also enhance my reason why America is so great because of capitalism. Oh, that's a good uh, rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> that's smart. All right, Mike Somich, uh, well-known fascist, is here with us uh, as well. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I always said, hey, Mike, don't worry. I said Dave Tooley's a socialist when he asked for more rake in the contest. Uh, all right, so, Mike, let's go to college football and uh, transition. We'll talk a little bit about your survivor as well. Uh, but Friday night, I want to get this in. Uh, man, Mike, I'm proud of you, man. Right in my wheelhouse. Good old Mountain West football. What do we got tonight between Air Force and Utah State? Uh, it's, it's a weekend where I am laying it all over the place in college football. So that makes me a little bit concerned because you don't want to be, be uh, laying nine plus in a bunch of different games. But for me, the favorites are going to roll this weekend. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a great college football weekend from a, a game perspective, but it should be a good one from a betting perspective. And we're going to start out by fading Utah State here. I'll take uh, Air, I'll take Air Force minus the nine and a half in this spot. Utah State coming af- uh, out of a just absolute blowing the doors off uh, Idaho State 78 28. Idaho State might be the worst team in the FCS, though. So I'm not going to take too much too much interest in that game. They're going to want to run the ball, Utah State is. This Air Force defense, very, very good at stopping the run. I'm under on the season for Utah State at five and a half. I think they're going to have an awful time getting through this conference. They lost so much in the offseason. They lost their quarterback, multiple receivers, multiple running backs on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to struggle to score points against this Air Force team. I think Air Force is going to be able to get to that 28 to 35 range, and that's going to be more than enough to be able to cover the nine and a half tonight. Pretty interesting look at that one. Good game in terms of what we're going to see on the television. But I want to go to a game that you have uh, Saturday in Stark Vegas between LSU and Mississippi State. And I bring this game up because I've got the opposite view as you. Break down where you come in on this one. I know that uh, this may not be one of those spots. You're going in the SEC. You want to lay the points. For me, I'm going to do it with LSU here. When you're looking at this LSU team, the way to be able to beat them is big receivers down the field throwing the football. It's not a team that you want to be able to try and pound the run in and really shorten the game against because they can stop the run all day. Mississippi State, you look at that game last week against Arizona. It was an app. Absolute mess. Uh, Mississippi State ran the ball 37 times, only threw it 17 in that spot. If they come in with a similar game plan here against this LSU team, they're not going to be able to move the football. And LSU on the other side should be able to take them out of it from an offense perspective. This is an LSU team that's going to be hungry coming in here. I think they're going to be able to put up points at will against a Mississippi State defense that struggled to stop Arizona last week. Uh, for me, this is a spot where I'm int- I'm fine with laying the nine and a half here. I made this game closer to 13, so I feel like there's quite a bit of value when you're play- laying under 10. Yep, this is a play I made earlier in the week, so we are uh, simpatico on that one. Mike Samich here with us. Again, uh, if you like what you hear from Mike, and we know that you do, you can check out him and Matt Brown together on the handle on the weekends. All right, uh, let's go to a first half play. You've got ACC matchup, Florida State. What do you like about the Seminoles? Uh, this is a Florida State team that you, you got to be a little worried about the look ahead. They've got Clemson next week. That's a big time game. But fortunately for them, they're playing Boston College and Boston College 
Uh, they're bad. I mean, just straight up bad. They lost in overtime to Northern Illinois, who's not very good. Holy Cross took them down to the wire. They ended up winning 38 or 31 to 28 last week against Holy Cross, but they couldn't stop the Holy Cross run game. That's a problem. This is a Florida State team that can run the football, that can throw the football, dynamic on offense. Again, I don't want to lay the full 26 here in this spot because of that look ahead. But I think Florida State absolutely jumps all over them. I'll lay the 14 and 14 points in the first half with Florida State and then not have to worry about the full game number because I wouldn't be shocked if we do see some stars come out of this game a little bit early for Florida State. So I don't want any of the second half mess that we're getting here. But this is a noon kickoff. You're not going to see a crazy Boston College crowd there. They're, they're terrible at football this year anyway. It's going to be half Florida State. I don't think this is a letdown spot for Florida State, and the talent really should just be able to dominate early in this game when you have the starters on the field. So I looked at laying the first quarter. That's minus seven, plus 110. If it ever gets to six and a half, I'm interested in laying Florida State in that first quarter. But I do like laying the, the minus 14, minus 110 for the first half here with Florida State. I think their athletes just take over. Yeah, Mike, I agree with you. I think they're just too balanced. I don't think they've got enough to match up with these guys on the perimeter. I, I think Florida State's going to have a field day here, guys. Last year, they beat them by 30 points down at the Doak. Uh, I think they're going to win this game with a similar score line. I think Florida State's going to get into the high to mid-40s in this one, JVT. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Mike Samich. All right. Dustin, have you and Mike and Patrick settled in on a survivor play? Yeah, have you ever been talking to a, a young lady? I know you're married now, but when you were, you know, single – and you're like, yeah, why don't we just hook up, right? And you hope that her reaction is a yes, but you get a no. And you go, no, I was just kidding anyway. Kind of pulled that with Mike trying to come up with our pick because I was like. never done that for the record. Yeah, I was going to say, who the hell says that? You've never been like, well, we should just make out, right? And they're like, no, we should. I was like, yeah, I was just kidding. It's not a big deal. You've never, you've really never done that? No, don't need to I mean, say it. Shot shots, but not that. I think it's happened multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> hey, I just want to let you know, I just tell her I'm 6'2". It works. Uh, I have a feeling it does not work. <laughs> okay, um, we can find out. she can see you. Uh, and she had, unfortunately, <laughs> speaking to you, so she learned about your personality at some point in the conversation. But Haters going to hate. Go on. I texted Mike. I said, so, Mike, are we, uh, we doing it with the Giants at the Cardinals? Survivor play on the road? Get the Giants out of the way? Move on? Advance? And he was like, no, dude, not happening. <laughs> so then we did a little debate going through it, but there's one obvious play on the board. We did the obvious play in week one, taking the Ravens against the Texans. We're going to go obvious again, right, Mike? Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, the Buffalo Bills are the best play on the board here. They're 0-1. You've got a 1-0 Las Vegas team coming in, banged up wide receivers there. Buffalo should absolutely take care of business in this game. Uh, and when you look at Buffalo, they're, they're one of those teams where you're like, well, do I want to save them? Do I want to use them early? There's really only two other weeks, week 8 and week 10, yep. where you consider using them as a survivor play. That's at home against Tampa Bay and at home against Denver. But in those weeks, there's seven or eight other teams that you could use, so they're not even that valuable late in the season. And then when you look at this Buffalo team, you kind of feel like it could just unravel at some point, specifically weeks four, weeks five, where they've got Miami and Jacksonville back to back. They go to New England in week seven. I don't want to save Buffalo. And later in the season, you've got at Kansas City, Dallas, at the Chargers, at Philadelphia. So for me, getting rid of Buffalo early makes the most sense here in this spot. And you got to remember, there's 32 teams. You got to use 20 of them. You don't have to use 12. You don't have to use some of these other teams. So if you're looking at like Denver against Washington this week, 
Like you're looking at uh, teams like the Giants on the road against Arizona. Those could be two teams you choose not to use at any point. So you don't have to kind of force yourself in those spots. And for me, it's a good spot to be using Buffalo because there's just not that many games that you are uber confident in for them later in the season. Mike, I completely agree with you with the Bills. I think this thing could get away from them pretty quickly if they were to drop this game. I used them in Survivor as well. I already submitted my play. I said, there's no messing around here. The only other one I was potentially looking at, I wasn't going to take the Giants in a road spot here. Uh, really wasn't too much that interest me. I said, I can't take Denver. I can't back them with that team against Washington. Dallas? Uh, no, can't Dallas take the, No, no, no. I, no listen, Amal is the guy that thinks Zach Wilson can help the Jets win the division. I've tried all week to get there because I want to believe because I have so many tickets on the Jets, and I just can't escape the fact that Zach Wilson is who he is. Hey, listen, people told me that about Linus Olmark when I started betting him last November to win the Vesna. I'm just telling you right now, don't discount this team because of this defense. I think, Mike, you bring up a great point in terms of usage of Buffalo. I really feel like that was a bad loss on Monday Night Football. That was a game where you got Aaron Rodgers down and Josh Allen throws three picks, a missed opportunity for them. Yeah, the decision-making from Josh Allen has just been atrocious since Brian Dable left that, that Buffalo coaching staff, and that, that's really been the major issue here for them. If you look at the turnovers early in Josh Allen's career, it was before Brian Dable was there. He was able to get him right. Now we've seen that regression under Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator, and it's just the decision-making throughout the whole process that concerns you about Josh Allen. Even later in the game where there's a, a, a missed snap, he picks up the ball and then tries to make something happen instead of just falling on it or throwing it away at that point, ends up fumbling the ball again and sets up the Jets for their go-ahead field goal. So I, the decision-making process for Josh Allen, just not as good as it had been when Brian Dable was there on the sidelines. We'll see if they're able to figure out how to reel that in. But in the short time, after that press conference that we saw from Josh Allen saying, you know, same bleep, different day, you got to think you're going to see a little bit more reserve Josh Allen in this spot. Buffalo's defense should have enough to be able to take care of this Raiders, specifically without one of their top wide receivers. And this place should be absolutely rocking here for the home opener in Buffalo as well. So I think all signs point to Buffalo here. The problem with playing Dallas is they're one of those teams you kind of have to save um, for week 12A, which is the Thanksgiving day. They've got Washington at home that week. To me, that's clearly the best game on the board. Green Bay and Detroit are also playing as well as San Francisco and Seattle. Uh, but that's off a short weekend at Seattle. So for me, that's a, the week you want to save Dallas for. And so I, I can't even consider him at this point. All right, Mike, just throwing it out there. $85, you, $85 for Dustin, $85. I'm, I'm buying in on your survivor. What do you think? Uh, you're going to have to up the ante a little bit, <laughs> that's man. That's what I, think I our, said. Based, based on the teams that we've used here in Baltimore and Buffalo and the fact that you've got this this conglomerate of minds that just dominates these type of things, it's at least like 5K at this point. Right, Dustin? I, I was going to say about 7K, but okay. I, no. I would actually say it hurts their case on pricing by using Baltimore and Buffalo so far. Yep. Whereas if somebody's <laughs> taking Washington and Denver, I'll I'd be like, yo, now, you, now you've turned on me. Go Raiders! <laughs> This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best ever by becoming a VSIN Pro subscriber. Get full access to everything we do. That includes our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has the hot hand, betting systems, and more. And if you sign up for a VSIN annual subscription, you'll also get a free copy of Michael Lombardi's new book, Football Done Right. Just use promo code Lombardi when you sign up. If you'd like an autographed copy of Michael's book, just email us at subscribe at vcin.com. Limited time offer, so sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. I can neither confirm nor deny that in about three weeks, autographed copies of the NBA betting guide could be available. Oh, can I get a personalized <laughs> one? Of course. I will say, Michael, 
if you're listening. Hosted shows together in Atlantic City. I think we're friends. I've, I've broken bread at your home. I've sat on your couch. Stormy Bonatoni gets a, a free book, and I don't? Whoa. I read your first book on the plane Whoa. rides all the way to AC. I'm hurt. I would ask for one, but I think it's pretty apparent by the things that come out of my mouth is I don't read. <laughs> yeah, reading's not that That's hard. That's fairly accurate. <laughs> reading's not that hard. It's one of the first things you learn to do. Uh, all right. Is Stop. it? Like intelligence-wise, sure. One of the first things. Why, why did you even address that? Come Numbers on. and colors. And I didn't learn to read till like kindergarten. Yeah, it's like one of the first things you learn to do. Like There's like five years before kindergarten when well, you like, learn I'm things. I'm talking about, like again, from like an intelligence standpoint. You know, you learn what the colors are. You learn what the letters are. When you learn what the letters are, that's reading in a sense. The You're first starting. thing I learned to do that mattered was wiping myself. Do I respond with this the way that I want to, which is that is a current challenge in the Von Tobel household. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are crossing that bridge right now with the youngest, or with oh, the oldest one. So. That, that sounds like a battle I'm not ready for at 38 still. Uh, it's, it's, what, wiping your own butt? <laughs> no, no, it's have to teach someone how to do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of at the point where I'm just going to buy a bidet and just be like, you know what, figure it out in 10 years, kid. The French got something right. That's they're right. not good at wars, but they're good at that. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, okay, college football. So there's, there's a lot of places to go only because the schedule kind of stinks this weekend. Don't do that. What do you mean? All summer we wanted football. No, I mean, no, I mean, like there was no highlight matchup to like go straight to, right? You know, on the schedule there was not a Texas Alabama to go immediately to to analyze. So what I meant by that was we can go pretty much anywhere. So where would you like to go, Dustin? Oh, we should begin with the new rivalry that everyone loves. I think it's the Rocky Mountain rivalry, <laughs> Colorado, Colorado State JVT, where Jay Norvell possibly affected people wanting to back his team and catching the points against the buffs like do you think what he said poking the bear making Dion angry for those that missed it Jay Nor I think we have the sound if we can cue it up here Jay Norvell during his coach's show he was talking he wasn't even asked about it he brought it up unsolicited on his own talking about Dion Sanders and how he took shots at Dion in his conversation with ESPN here's how Jay Norvell sounded on his coach's show and I sat out with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off, and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked <laughs> Oh, no, they didn't clap. clap. They, they clapped. clapped. Oh, okay, now I'm in. Now I'm in. All right, I, I thought this was dumb, but I actually didn't hear the clip. I just saw the quote. The fact that they clapped. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Idiots. Here's, my, here's, the, here's the takeaway. Is coming into it, I wanted to take the points in Colorado State. I'm going to take them in the first half. I'm getting 13 and a half. If you go through Colorado this year, they've gotten off to slow starts. I know the, the offense has opened up as these games have gone on, but Colorado in the first half against Nebraska, that game was limited scoring. Then uh, you've oh, got... I'll, I'll do you one better as you look for your numbers. That first half against Nebraska, we talked about this. If you have a below average quarterback for the Cornhuskers, they're up at halftime. 13 nothing. Week one TCU, 17-10. Close scoring, lower scoring games. They eventually open up in the second. Also, Colorado State has an advantage here where they did not play in week two. So they sat home and they watched Colorado and they got prepared for this because the Rocky Mountain rivalry matters to one side. It doesn't matter to Colorado because they have bigger things on the horizon, potentially. That's why I'll go with the points. I'm going to go first half. I think the second half it could get away from the Rams, but in the first half they should keep it close because it does matter so much. That's going to be my official play in this game. 
You know, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter against Washington State when that game was already out of hand. Washington State, I think, was up by 43 to 3 or something like that, or, you know, in that before they started scoring in this game. But bottom line is, I tend to agree with you in a rivalry, you're generally going to take the points. Uh, you tend to expect it to be competitive, but still have some question marks with this team right now. I, I just don't think that they, they're that good. Milton's not going to get the start. He got the start. Uh, you're looking at Fowler Nicolsi in, in terms of getting the start here. He was pretty good, though, when he came in. Yeah, because Wazoo's walk-ons were out there. I get it. I get what you're saying. I just think, look, there can be an overreaction on Colorado as well. How good is Nebraska? How good is TCU? We don't know. And I'm not saying Colorado State is at that level even. But just kind of my point is, is that I don't know if the talent discrepancy is that great. And also, we had Tim Jenkins on who broke down the film of this offense through two weeks. He's a professional quarterback trainer. He's trained NFL guys, Division I guys all across the board. Does a great job explaining how concepts work. He said Colorado's offense is complex, and because of that, they're constantly adding new looks. And adding the new looks takes a little bit to get going each game. I really appreciate you guys carrying this. I've been shaken by the nerds out in Fort Collins clapping for Jane Norvell to the point where I don't know if I want to bet them now. Hold and I, I will say, I will, yeah, right, exactly. There we go. We're better now. Uh, I will say, too, um, I'm surprised at the quarterback change for the most part, only because it's like you give the kid, Clay Millen, one of the worst offensive lines in the country, right? He struggles a little bit, got better as the year went along. The defense was abysmal in week one, and then you're like, nah, we need a quarterback change. Like, I felt like there were much bigger problems. He, he got hurt, though. He, he got, got hurt. hurt, and also you it's look at good. the way yeah, and you look at the way it was performance in the second half. Yeah. I think that played a little bit into it. Look, here's the thing for me. This game, is if it's early on, if it's tight, after one, one, one and a half quarters, I think Colorado State's going to hang around. Mm-hmm. If it's not, and if it gets out of hand early, I think then Colorado, Colorado is able to cover this game. Not playing this one, though, but so I look I, at the Rams, though. The, the comments from Norvell do concern me because I do. I really wanted to bet this. I don't want to not fire because I think it's a huge number. It's an overinflated number based on how things have started for the season for Colorado. But I do think now there may be an opportunity for Dion to send a message. He might pull out the full bag of tricks to open things up and just say, hey, buddy, you're not in our class. This last line, I just didn't think it was necessary because this was not just a shot at Dion, right? Like he basically, in essence, said he's indicting his mom on the charge as well. I just don't think it's necessary. Just go out there and prove it on Saturday uh, in Boulder. It's just such a nerdy thing to get upset about. Um, Also, I mean, I'll I'll throw it out there as well. One of the things we're not really talking about, we could talk about this offense for Colorado. Do we trust this Colorado defense to do enough to to build and maintain a 24-plus point lead for this game, that when it's over, you're winning by that margin. And that's where, the I think, for me, you know, when we're talking about yeah. betting this, it would be Colorado State. I would agree with you. I think the line's overinflated probably by about four, four and a half, five points. Sure. And I would take the Rams if I were playing this game. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think Colorado's defense is going to be good enough. But... I think they could score probably 50 points in this game. Absolutely. Right. So you're, then you're you're hoping at that point, you know, can you can you score 27-ish it, yeah, if, exactly. you're, if you're Colorado State, which I think it actually could be a reality against what we've seen in this defense so far. All right, so there's that. Uh, let me take you really quickly. I am fascinated by a first. You, you want to go halves? I'm, I am I'm all first halves in college this week. I think you might have had this on his list. I'm fascinated by what Alabama's going to do in the first half yep, against South, South Florida. Florida. I don't have this one. Okay, so first off, narratively – I mean, I, I like to use this term in college football when you get teams in these situations. This could be a bloodletting for Alabama yeah. against South Florida, right, where you, you have the performance that you did against Texas. You still maybe have questions about what you're doing at quarterback. You want to see how good this thing can be. And also Saban's a psychopath. Like, I do wonder if this is one of those where you come out and you go, if you 
I'll call them. If you suckers go out there and they score a point, you know what I'm saying? Then there's going to be hell to yes. pay. We should go out there and roll this team with no issues whatsoever. Are you guys concerned at all that we're going to have the fleet-footed uh, Tyler Buckner getting the start? Oh, to an extent. Yes. I, I'm going to tell you right now, Jalen Milrow would eat these fools for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. This is the kind of game where Jalen Milrow runs for 200 yards. The only reason I justify the Tyler Buckner start is so that you can very quickly rule him out for the rest of the season involving <laughs> your quarterback scenario. I will say not only first half, but to that point, maybe for the game, if you're starting Buckner and you're maybe going to get, again, the three guys in, that does mean the playbook stays open for the entire yeah. game. And they, you they, they have to something see. to prove, too, right? Yes. They're fighting for a job now. It's almost like a preseason game. Correct. Right? They're going to be out there trying to show that they deserve the job, so they're going to get an opportunity to make plays. So even up 30, you're still rolling with your full set of plays and compliments and all that kind of stuff to see what you have for the most part. Any concern that it's in uh, Tampa? <laughs> No, yeah, but, but I was, no, I'll tell you what the problem is. You might have a lightning strike in the middle of the day, and we have an hour and a half delay in the game. For those who like these sort of things, the reports are is that they're actually opening up, like, the highest level of bleachers out there at the stadium. And as we can kind of surmise, it's probably not for South Florida fans. No, no. Mac Rothy is not walking through that door. <laughs> Higher attendance. Alabama, South Florida, or Buccaneers, Bears? I don't Alabama, know. South Florida. Think so? I, I don't know. The it's, NFL it's, is it's the Bears. It's in the Gulf. Right. It's in the Gulf kind of a red no offense to everyone there it's kind of rednecky i think there's more alabama fans than you think there <laughs> no i think that's all gator country but i think people will make the drive down i-10 to 75 to get to a game and not get ripped off on tickets in tuscaloosa true yeah i mean yeah that's a good point you'd be surprised you go out there one time i made it a point when my wife and i were dating to go watch kellen moore set the uh, record for fbs wins as a quarterback because i knew they're going to go and slaughter unlv so sometimes you go to watch the slaughter i wouldn't brag about that, that. What? You wasted a whole Saturday of watching other games? It's not about that. It's 7.30 p.m.? The fact that that you wasted money. I'm all. I'm free. That's right. That's right. Okay, there we go. my bets. I I don't care about wasting money. No, no, no. That was good. (laughs) Last 10 here on Sharp Money. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. 
Plus. When you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football is back in full swing, and with another week of epic games, who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football, get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code SHARP to sign up. New customers can bet just $5, take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHARP. The crown is yours. Wrapping it up before we send it back over to Circa for the guys over on VSIN Prime Time. Make sure you check that out. Also, I already have a poll question up on the uh, Twitter account if you want to go look at that at VSIN Live from the guys over there. You want it real quick? Yeah, what is it? All right. Instant reaction. A VSIN Prime Time poll put on while we're on the air. Which Friday college football home favorite kills the money line parlay? Maryland minus 625 home versus Virginia. Nope. Air Force minus 325 versus Utah State. That was my vote. UTSA minus 265 versus Army. Also, very good one. Or none, plus 108 cashes. I'm going to go with, well, I'm going to go with Utah State. They've beaten the last two times they've played. They've been able to score effectively against this team. UTSA, they, they, they don't have Frank Harris, uh, or potentially may not have Frank mm-hmm. Harris, I should say. Don't know what his toe injury is like right now. And Army is Army, man. It's still difficult to prepare for, especially on a, you know, a regular week in, in the season. And actually, it's a shorter week because the game's tonight. I think they could potentially be in danger because Frank Harris has like, been in college longer than Van Wilder. I mean, UTSA has looked, I don't know, very, very good. They're totally you know, worthy of laying eight points. That's sarcasm. They've looked terrible through the first two games. Uh, all right, so I voted for Air Force right now, 32.7% tie between UTSA and none, plus 108 caches. How about that? Very good. There we go. Good, good inside them all. I was looking just for that. <laughs> I already gave my opinion. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, you guys want to go have at it, all right? Kansas, Nevada. I know you're dying to break this thing down. Well, it's a very simple breakdown. Nevada can't score. And Jaden Daniels is back. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to get stopped. They're going to put up a 50-burger at Reno. Have a nice day. Lay the points with with Kansas. Are we sure? Did we love what we saw from Kansas defense? When's the last time we saw anything we even liked from Nevada? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? This team that put up six points against the Vandals? Is this the one you're talking about? Nevada? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He's, he's saying, that's what they're playing with, right? Yeah. He's saying, saying maybe subdue the uh, optimism about the, the Kansas offense. That's fine. Let me tell you something right now. Nevada, the Wolfpack, at the end of the year, will be one of the bottom five teams in college football, regardless of conference. No, that's fine. What I'm saying is I didn't really love watching Kansas defense against Illinois. That's all I'm saying. And that there is a chance that with a big number that you are your floor is raised as an offense in a game like that, and that potentially 28 is a really big number. All right. It's all a man. I'm trying to present the other side here, That's fair. That's fair. Real quick question for you, though. How many points do you think the Jayhawks score? Ooh. Roughly. Potentially. I mean, I I would assume they're going to be touching near 40s. Yeah. Low 40s. 
I'm going. I'm going high 40s to 50s. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I think they'll be able to cover the number. Well, you mentioned Illinois, and they're in one of the actual like games that people are somewhat intrigued by, despite it being a two touchdown spread this week. That's where we're at with the schedule. So we got- whoa, whoa! Open. Don't complain about football, man. We were asking for it the whole time. I'm not complaining. I'm pointing out a, a situation. Open 15, move to 14 and a half. Now down to 14. Just have to lay two touchdowns if you want to back uh, Penn State in this one. It's a game I really wanted to get into, JVT. Their last matchup, 2021, went to nine overtimes. You know what the score was? It was oh, low scoring. Like, was it 18? That was 20 18, to 18. 18. Oh, yeah, yeah. 18, 16, yeah. In nine overtimes. Well, that was the, the, that, it's their fault. We got the rule change. Who yeah. cashes the under in a nine overtime well, game? Can, I, can you imagine that beat? That was, <laughs> I remember watching that. That was incredible watching that happen. I, I had the under in the Ole Miss-Arkansas game that went to seven overtimes. So okay. for me, the, the obvious move feels like to lay it with Penn State. The offense is awesome. Obviously, week one, how Drew Aller looked against West Virginia. Obviously, move on in week two. But here's the thing. Brett Bielema is one of those dudes who his teams are always physical. They're always good at the line of scrimmage. I don't know about a lot about Penn State at the line of scrimmage, and I'm not questioning them. I'm just saying I don't know. And that's a very transparent answer there. Uh, I have concerns about laying 14 on the road in Champaign. I don't disagree with you there. I initially looked at it and I said, I'm probably going to take Penn State, but I'm not sure yet. I don't want to lay this type of number in a conference road game. Um, early start here. I'm not going to touch this game. Here's my, my analysis would be. Also coming off an embarrassing loss for Illinois. Yes, uh, Toledo, uh, buck 86 on the ground, 4.4 per carry. Kansas had 262 on the ground, 6 yards per carry. Yeah. Penn State's going to be able to come in here and just mash away at that front line. Awesome running back com- yep. combo, too, for Penn State. I mean, it's it's up there. It's not quite Michigan, but it's not far off. Oh, for oh, sure. No, no, no. They're, they're right there. When you look at combinations in college football, Katron Allen and Singleton are absolutely as good as anybody. Paired with an offensive line that's got a bunch of talented dudes yeah. on it, right, that can run block like crazy. Like, that would be my argument here. And, again, if you're talking about mashing them with the run game, you know, obviously quicker game, all that kind of stuff, does give you less opportunity to cover a number like this. But I think with what I've seen from Illinois' offense and the fact that they're not able to stop anything on the ground, I would I would put it this way. I'd rather actually lay 14 than 10. No, 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 absolutely. No, the, the only play is to lay the 14. The question is if you have the stomach to do it. Right now, Penn State fourth in total offense. That's tied with Colorado. Yeah, I know it's two games. I know it's two weeks, whatever. But that's still tied with Colorado who's getting all this hype. On the other side, Illinois, 125th in total defense through two games, 477 yards per game, 6.28 yards per play. Just real quick note on this game. Look, Kansas moved the ball. They scored on their first five drives. Yep. And I think it's going to be something similar here with Penn State. But all right, talk to me into it. I'm going to lay the 14. The difference is the Nittany Lions defense is at a way different level. If you haven't seen Caleb King play, he's one of the best cornerbacks in college football, they're going to be too one-dimensional here. I, I just think the Illini struggle in this one. Yep, would agree. All right, we talked about a couple of these. Amal, I want to make sure that you go, you talk about this. Yeah. We did talk LSU at Mississippi State with Samich, but we didn't get your thoughts on what the Tigers are in for here against the Bulldogs. Yeah, look, Daniels is a very mobile quarterback, but it's still, at the end of the day, I think Will Rogers in that short passing game, he's an experienced quarterback. They got beat last year down in Tiger Stadium. I think they were short favored on the road in this one. Revenge spot here, almost 10 points here. Look, unless Perkins and Mason Smith are playing outstanding football, I think this LSU team is vulnerable in their back seven. I don't think they're as good as people thought they were coming into the season. I know they had a great year last year. I will take Arnett's team catching nine and a half in Stark Vegas. Big number on the road here in Starkville. By the way, I will be watching this game on mute. The most annoying thing in the world, those cowbells. Oh, yeah, yeah I, actually, I actually agree with them all here. I think I'm going to end up with a Mississippi State first half plus five and a half bet. They would have covered that in six out of the last ten matchups versus LSU. I don't think the Tigers' offense is quite as dynamic as people think. 
I think Jaden Daniels is okay. I don't think he's amazing. I don't think that they can make big plays. And on the other side for Mississippi State, I had them in the first half last week against Arizona, so I cashed that bet. They go to overtime, and things don't go well. I think that was a situation where they called the dogs off. They were looking ahead to LSU, and they got caught with their pants down. Yeah, that could be it. I just I get turned off when I look. Outgained, what, 431 to 307. Yeah. They gave a 430. Arizona was Arizona. just heaving the ball downfield. They were just desperation I, I feel like if you're if you're a plus four in the turnover margin. you got to win. You've got, you can't yeah. go to overtime. I agree. You I, can't go to overtime. I agree with you. And it was, what, six inches? Not even yep. that Jade Delore was short on that fourth down play. Yep. So Measured by a man because six inches measured by a man is like three inches. Can we move on, please? Of course. Thank yes. you. I mean, it just, it's what you do. You just let it sit out there. Uh, all right. Also, for me, can I point this out really quickly? I'll get your thoughts generally on, on how I handle this. So what I like about doing the Sunday shows, by the way, you know, college lines are revealed every Sunday, 10 a.m. You get to see what the market shapers like to do with some of these. So you get yeah. an idea of what they think about certain teams. So at the end of last year, every week, it was like Texas move, Texas move, always moved in Texas direction yeah. near the end of the year. Early on this season, you know who's got a lot of market respect that has not been paid back to the market? Vandy. Vandy yep. was a 17.5-point favorite didn't against Hawaii, cover. didn't cover. 34.5-point favorite against Alabama. Uh, Alabama A&M didn't cover. Markham moved in their favor against Wake. It was one of the bets made last week, late 10 with Wake. They didn't get there either. And now you're seeing the market again nonstop in on Vandy yeah. on the road against UNLV here this weekend. Got up to five in some spots. I just don't understand. I think the market's been too high on Vandy, and here they are again just going in on the Commodores, and I don't really understand why. I think the Rebels had a great shot to win this football game. Um, obviously, the number's low, but you mentioned it. Vanderbilt, not a great offensive rushing team right now. UNLV is a little bit better than maybe people realize. If you watch that Michigan game, I know the final score is, what, 35-7? to seven, mm-hmm. But it was a little bit more competitive than you would have expected from the Rebels against the Maize and Blue. I think this is one of those games where I may not actually bet it, but I may use it in some of my funds. I'm always going to hate this. Some of my funsy money line parlays try to pair three or four dogs together, see if I can, you know, cheat my way to a plus day. Yep. I think at plus 170 at home against Vanderbilt, who has no pedigree of winning these types of games, absolutely an option. Yep. Just one, one quick game I want to throw out there. I would probably play the dog. I haven't played this one. Uh, Rocky Top goes down to the swamp. I like uh, the Gators getting five and a half now down to, I mean, potentially five, five and a half wow. in this spot. I, I still think it's too big of a number for Tennessee to lay. Yep. Joe Milton could throw the ball through the stadium, but here's the problem. He's not consistent. This Tennessee team doesn't look as good defensively uh, against Austin P and against uh, Virginia. Held both teams to 13 points. But Florida's got an opportunity here after that embarrassing loss. And JBT, if they don't win this game, things could cut off the rails for Billy Napier. I am on Florida first half catching three and a half at home. I think if the Tennessee offense somehow gets going, it's not going to be until the second half. Real quick, just want to say uh, good luck to our guy, Kevin Trask, the audio engineer. He's leaving us today. One of the best employees I've ever had the pleasure of working with, and not just in terms of what he does technically, but as a person, a great person to uh, work with. KT, you will be missed. You're a traitor and you're dead to me. Yeah, how much do they pay you for that? Get out of here. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Kev. We'll see you. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.